What's up and welcome back to another edition of Major League Talk episode 33, the Nick Swisher edition. I'm your host, J.D. Johnstone. Alongside me always is the Houdini himself. Dino, how are we? Great, J.D. How we doing? Also with us is the one and only the great De Palma. How are we, boys? Uh, doing good, man. Survive Vegas all as well, man. Yeah, we got a great podcast today. We have an interview with Corey Acton from the University of Florida, number 22. Very exciting stuff today. And then just a reminder, Thursday is our Poll Pod Thursday, so we're going to have that. If you don't know what that is, it's where we put a poll up on Twitter with some topics that we'll discuss, and we let you guys, the fans, vote. They've been really good, and you guys seem to have loved it, so we're giving you more of it. But if you want to vote for those, our Twitter handle is at JDVSports, and Instagram is at JDVSports.co. Guys, I have... 6 a.m. Uh, workouts for baseball. I'm sure you guys had the same thing in college. But oh, I'm driving. Yeah, I, I leave my house at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> I actually have to do it on Monday tomorrow. But um, so I'm driving. I take I-95. Uh, De Palma, do they have an HOV lane in uh, PA? Uh, no, not really uh, where we're at. But I, I, I am familiar with them, yes. Okay, so I just, it's one of my pet peeves. We're going to have a pet peeve podcast too. <laughs> I know Dean was really excited for that one. So it's just <laughs> so filled. Yeah, but um, it just occurred to me how much I hate drivers in Florida even more. And I know Dean hates them a lot. <laughs> Fucking like, awful. I'm, so, I'm not even in the HOV lane. Mind you, it's 4.30 in the morning. I'm like half asleep. I'm tired. Like, I'm just like, God, I hate baseball right now. Just like, oh, why do I have to Damn, get up? Bro. Stuff like yeah. that. Just like, you know, that feeling where you're just like, oh, but then once you get there, you're like, all right, let's go. But anyway, I'm just sitting there driving. I'm not in the HOV lane. I'm in the lane next to it. There's nobody on the road. And this has happened to me four times already. I'm just sitting there cruising, just trying to get there. I get there early too. I'm supposed to be there 15 minutes before six. I get there at like 5:30, just to be on the safe side. But I'm cruising, and all of a sudden, every now and then, I get someone behind me flashing their lights, indicating <laughs> for me to get out of the way and let them drive by. Who are you to put your lights on, flashing me at 4:30 in the morning to go and do that? Like it blows my mind. Nobody's on the road. You can't put your blinker on and go around me. Like, not that I'm even like grandma going under, like, it's a six lane road. Yeah. It's, it's, it, I mean, look, Florida drivers are fucking atrocious and and it's insane for the state that it rains the most. God forbid it rains, people fucking piss themselves. I feel like that, dude, when it rains and people pissing themselves is almost universal, too. Like, I haven't been, like, you know, down there in Florida, but the Carolinas, and certainly up here in PA, and you think up here in Pennsylvania with all the snow and shit, they'd be able to handle it. But, dude, it's pretty crazy. I can't imagine down there in Florida. I read the headlines about Florida, man. Oh. Does this happened to you guys, though? <laughs> um, no, no one really flashes me because if they flash me, I'm slamming on my brakes. Oh, you brake check them. Fucking well, that, that's the That's the right away move. And then but, you get the finger and all that. Like, it's just annoying. It pisses me off. It really does. Nah, dude. My new thing is when someone gives me the finger, I literally just, like, make sure they see me laughing. Like, <laughs> I, like I want them to see me dying laughing. 
I like, feel like Dean like rolls down his window, puts his head out the window, like. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I only do that at red lights. <laughs> in which, speaking of that, that this is crazy. True story. This guy fucking, I, I pulled out in front of him. It, it did happen. He actually did flash me. He was going like 106 or some shit. I was, I got over, dude. Yeah, I got over at like 75. Almost created a massive accident. Oh my god, you did or he did? Uh, probably me. But it was like, dude, it was like midnight. I wasn't even fucking like even in my right mind to even like understand what was going on. I was dead tired. I just wanted to get home. Yeah. I, I get. He gets off the exit. I get off of. I get to a red light. He pulls up next to me, rolls his window down, and I can tell he he wants to fucking go. Like yeah. he wants to fuck me up, and and he probably could have. And I was like, "Hey, bro, that's my fucking bad. That's my bad. I didn't see you coming that fast, bro." And he was like, "Dude, get like." He's like, "Why the fuck didn't you get out of the way?" I was like, "Bro, look, once I committed, I knew I fucked up. You know, like my bad." Please but don't kill me. <laughs> I was like, dude, you were going fucking fast in that thing, bro. Is that a charger? He goes, no, nah, it's a challenger. It's fast as hell, bro. Just got it. I can't <laughs> stop driving it. I'm like, I wouldn't stop driving that shit. You look like Toretto. He's like, bro. He's like, bro, I would smoke Toretto. And I'm like, all right, bro, have a good one. He's like, hey, man, have a good night. I was like, yeah, I like this guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> but yeah, if I got Dom out- Toretto for pink slips any day of the week. Yeah, but if I would have gotten out of the car the first 30 seconds, he would have fucking stabbed me in the throat with a screwdriver. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, but let's go right into sports. The Astros have clinched the best record in all of baseball. The Dodgers right behind them. And then the Yankees. How much of an advantage is this for the Astros? I mean, the Astros are really good. Like, really good. I don't think it's as much as an advantage as if the Yanks would have gotten it because then that World Series matchup poses that traveling factor. You know, from L.A. to Houston, it's like a three-hour flight. You know, yeah, so it's, it's – yeah, it's not too bad. I don't think this is this is massive other than the fact of they're really good at home. Yep. And they're not so good at home. So when, when you look at it from the aspect of now you got to find a way to beat the Astros in a seven-game set with four of them being at home – with, with the staff that they have, it's a massive advantage for that. As for the World Series against the Dodgers, not – I'm just throwing the Dodgers out there just because that's the obvious choice. All I'm saying is if the Dodgers do get there, that's the, the furthest traveling that, that would happen. I don't think it's that big of a deal, but for, for, the, for the road there, it's massive. Yeah, I mean I think it, all, it just comes down to that staff, man, and – you know, that staff will travel anywhere, but it is a big deal. Like you're saying, Dino, they're just a lot more comfortable at home. And, you know, once they get on those tears too, that team is just can be unstoppable. And yeah, I mean, I know you got, you guys love the Yanks, but it's going to be tough to bet against the Astros getting into the world series. Let's not get it twisted. The Yanks have backed their way into the playoffs. And I don't understand. I don't know if what, 90, 98 wins, and you think they backed their way in? No, no, they have one hundred and three. Oh, but damn. but they're five and five in their last ten. They've gotten destroyed. They got destroyed by Texas. It's one of those things where I think Boone is saving his starting pitching. Paxton yeah. went down with a tight ass cheek. Um, <laughs> so I mean, I, I, I think Boone saving is his he pitching. Miss game? Is he your game one starter? Um, most likely, but I'd be fine giving the ball to Tanaka at home. Yeah. 
but I think they've backed into the playoffs a little bit, mainly because you've seen guys like, um, fuck, JD, who's this fucking jabroni that they threw last <laughs> night that got titties? Um, oh my gosh, Mr. Cortez. No, I know him. He sucks. The, uh, <laughs> he got a grand slam hit off him. So what's yeah. the titty? Oof. No, no, Luis oh. Severino. No, not Severino. First of all, Nestor <laughs> Cortez is fucking terrible. Odor's hitting 205 with 30 jacks and 95 RBIs. No one gives a fuck that he's hitting about the Mendoza line with 110 strikeouts, which is another reason why I hate baseball, but I love it. No, he's a Sessa, dude. Fucking Luis Sessa. Luis Sessa. Looks like a goddamn fucking Italian waiter. <laughs> yeah, a nice Italian joint. Yeah, dude. Like, I just can't watch him pitch. I think a lot of these guys aren't even going to be on the on the postseason roster. Uh, they need to figure out what's going. Stan's been swinging the bat well. Um, I just feel like you know Maben's got to be on this roster. I think he just has to be on this on this postseason roster. Whether it's for a defensive replacement late game, whether he starts, whatever it is, he has to be on this roster. And I cannot believe I'm going to say this, but so does Tyler Wade. Wow, that's I cannot- shocking. I can't believe I'm going to say it, bro, but, like, what other guy are you going to bring off the bench to run? Cameron Mabin. Right. Okay, if Mabin's in for a defensive replacement, who do you bring in to run? Well, I, I guess you just don't use Mabin for that defensive yeah. replacement. But you might have to. No, you for the defensive replacement, you bring in Clint Frazier. Ha! <laughs> 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 That's the best joke I've heard you say in four years. <laughs> Dude, what is it with him? Why can he not feel a fucking fly ball? He's it, so bad. It's, it's not so bad. bad, dude. I, I don't understand. Like, what do you – like, baseball is your job. Like, what do you do at practice? You should be getting fly balls off a of fungo for fucking 10 hours until you turn to your coach and say, I think I'm starting to understand it. <laughs> Wait, my first step should usually be back. Okay, I got it. I wonder what made them think he's an outfielder, too, because he was a shortstop when he was drafted. He wasn't even an outfielder. Well, he's got rocky-ass hands, so I don't know who the fuck projected <laughs> him as a shortstop. I'm pretty sure he was drafted as a shortstop. I feel like he wasn't just, an you know, outfielder. If you play short or you play middle infield, they kind of just feel like, you know, oh, he's athletic, he can make it happen, when there is a lot of technical shit that goes on in the outfield. I mean, I played it, you know, they – they threw me out there, you know, I played first base and T-ball, and then as soon as you go up to that next level, they threw me out there in the outfield, and I've, I've played it ever since, and I absolutely love it. So, I mean, there's so much that goes into it uh, that you don't, but that you don't, you know, always think about. Uh, but usually you think like, oh, well, he can, you know, play in the infield. He can definitely do outfield. But, yeah, it's not as easy as it looks. But Yeah, for sure, but – oh, did okay. you want to say something? No, he sucks. Next. <laughs> all right well but it's time to get right into the title of this podcast uh here you go here's the interview with number 22 for the university of florida gators Corey Acton. talked about earlier we finally got our guy on This is one of the the better freshman collegiate athletes that we've seen in a while. He's a rising sophomore. He put up solid numbers in the SEC in his first year. Slash line of a 251, 353, and 387. A legit fielding percentage of a 966. This dude's the real deal. Corey, thanks for hopping on the show and welcome. 
What's up, man? Thank you for having me. Now, Corey, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it, man. No problem. Yeah, I mean, to start off this interview real quick, I just wanted to ask real quick, why Florida? Why the University of Florida Gators? I mean, ever since I was younger, me and my parents have grown up watching the games, watching the football games, you know, really idolizing the guys that have come before me and the guys that have really made an impact on their college careers. And I went to the camp my freshman year and just fell in love with the environment, fell in love with the field, you know, just everything about this college campus was just right for me. So there, there was no other, there was no other option. It was, it was, there was no other school that even could get you. No. Okay. Have you ever gator chomped when you've hit a double? No, I've never gator chomped. <laughs> you saving that for the playoffs? Saving that for playoffs. <laughs> Love gator that. chomping is, isn't necessarily like the big thing here. What is we the big thing? We don't thing? really have the typical celebrations. Yeah, every team has one, though. Like, you guys don't have one? Not really. It's more like, you know, just get fired up, you know, scream your head off, you know, stuff like that. Just get hype. It's not really one set thing like, hey, we do this, we do that. It's whatever I, comes to your mind. I feel like you got to have, like, a signature one. A sig- I was actually thinking that the other day. I think that'd be sick. Yeah. I mean, it's going to take time, though. It's like a handshake. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I never hit many doubles, so I, I didn't really have anything. Singles guy? Yeah, you can't do anything for a single. <laughs> Just shake the first base coach's hand. Yeah, give, give him my, <laughs> my batting gloves. Yeah, I mean, but you're a Florida guy. You grew up in South Florida. Um, you played South Florida high school baseball. What was the biggest difference from going from high school to an SEC baseball, uh, baseball school? I would just say um, the intensity. Obviously, American Heritage was a really, a really good place to play baseball. It's always had the players like Eric Hosmer, Zach Collins, um, Sean Anderson, a bunch of guys who came up for that. And I felt like if there was one school that was going to prepare me for that, it was American Heritage. Bruce Saban was a great coach. Uh, coach Macy, they really got me ready for the for the college environment and the intensity. You played alongside Cassis, who yes. went 28th overall to the Sox, which as a Yankee, as Yankee fans, this hurt JD a lot. <laughs> it did. Yeah. It did. I've, I've seen this kid play. I've seen him hit. He's the real deal. Would you say it's probably the, 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 the biggest power hitter that you've played with in your career? Um, he's definitely up there. It's one thing that really stands out about him is his work ethic. You know, you have to really know him. You have to look deeper down into his career. Like nothing was given to him. He hearing everything he got, hearing every cent he got, and I was happy for him and he deserved it all. Let's, let's talk real quick about, about your past season. Yes. You, you came in and originally struggled to find your way a little bit. Yes. What do you think, what do you think the reason was for struggling the first nine or 10 games? I would say it's mainly, um, I wouldn't say it's any physical talent that I had. It was, I would say it was more like 
an overthinking thing, how to get used to it, you know, coming in starting right away is, you know, it's a, it's a big difference. So I had to really, really get comfortable and, you know, I felt like my defense was there a lot. So I think that kept me in the lineup, but besides that, I just had to get a little used to the environment and playing at, you know, the level I'm at. Your first college hit came second game of the year to Long Beach State. Do you remember the hit? Yes, it was. Um, I wouldn't say it was a shot. It was just like it was a decent line drive to right field. It, it felt good to, to get the weight off your shoulders. Yes, yes. And then all of a sudden the weight really came off your shoulders and it started at the tail end of the Miami series, which it wasn't nine or 10 games for you to get adjusted. It was only like seven, mm-hmm. but then the Miami series that turned into the JU, you strung together like an eight game hitting streak that yeah. carried into FGCU. You, uh, we saw your average go from, cause you went over four in your first game. So you started at zero and then your average climbed up to two ninety five. What was the turn in over those next 10 or 15 games that just really got you going? I would just say it was the feel for my swing. Um, you know, I worked a lot with Brad White, so I'll talk to him about approach, about just like the game, and he really got me comfortable with the, with the plate. And, you know, I felt like, like at first I, I felt as if I was a freshman. I had to prove myself in some different way, but... You know, I just played the game I always have, and it, it started coming along. So it wasn't necessarily a mechanical thing. You would say it was probably like an approach thing. Yes, more of an approach thing. And then came that LSU series later in the year where I think all three games were on ESPN or the SEC network, and I'm pretty sure – now, the numbers don't really mean anything. I don't look at three for 13 and say he had a hell of a series. But the three hits – were not necessarily hits. They were absolute bombs. <laughs> tanks. Absolute yeah. tanks. Okay. Like U.S. military type tanks. Um, the one you hit to right center, I think, in the third game. Third game. Yeah. Would have been gone in any stadium on the planet, maybe even a foreign planet if they played baseball there. <laughs> How big were you seeing the ball in the in that LSU series? I was seeing it pretty well. I you know I got the pitches I needed to hit. You know the first game we we really came together, hit really well, and you know I just found some good pitches I could hit. You know one of them was off a really good righty at uh, the starting pitcher. He was the Saturday hung me a changeup. It's just it just all felt like it was coming together. The, now, the Sunday game, I think, was was my favorite one by far. That that was one of the furthest balls I've ever seen you hit. Yeah. Um, and, and and you know I've been watching you play for a long time. Now, having said that, you're as I because there's viewers out here that that don't understand the the college lifestyle, especially when you go to an SEC program as as good as Florida is. What what is the what, what does traveling suck? No. So it's, just, it's it's crazy. We wake up, we get breakfast, we take a, a charter bus to the airport, and we charter out to last year was Vandy, LSU, Ole Miss, Missouri, 
and I think a couple others. I'm not too sure right now, but the environment in an away game is just unbelievable. So you like you Elton like the road. I love the road trips. You love the road trips. Love it. And you have a curfew on the road, do you not? Yes. And I think we talked, what was it, 10, 10 p.m.? Yeah, it was 10. Yeah, which is, which is reasonable. Yeah. Um, now, realistically speaking, curfew's at 10 o'clock. Are you, are, you, are you in bed at 10, or are you sitting there just kicking it with your, with your teammates till 11, 30, 12, watching sports, whatever you can get a hold of? Um, my, my actual roommate on the road trip was Kendrick Kelly Lau. He was the first baseman last year. And I felt like we got really close on the road trips. You know, games like that a Saturday night, you're really not you're really not trying to be up that late. I think we knocked out at probably ten thirty. Cause the, the, the Sunday game is is at what, one? Yeah. It's and then, an early wake up call. Yeah, I was gonna say what so if you have a one o'clock game on on that uh, for the for the third game of a series, what time are they getting you guys up? I mean, we got breakfast we have film we have bp stretching all this stuff so i'm not too sure it's probably like breakfast is at nine not you're at eight or nine you're at the ballpark you're at the ballpark at what time um one o'clock game probably 11 that's not bad that's not that bad oh that's not that bad what about what about for a home game you get you get to the field if it's a a yeah. home game is different. A seven o'clock game, we honestly go straight to the straight to the field from class. I would get there at one one thirty because we have. Just ha- what do you say? So you go from class straight to the field. Straight to the field at one thirty. So it's kind of like the bigs at that point, where you're arriving early enough to kind of just get just get used to. You know, yeah, you're, you're working. Yeah, and then you guys, you guys get a pregame meal. Yeah, we get a pregame meal. Do you eat a lot or do you not? Um. Yeah, no, I usually eat a good amount, but I always have something like right before the game, like a, like a peanut butter and jelly, just to, just because it's a long day. A Friday and Saturday game; those are long days. Now, do you make the peanut butter and jelly yourself? Um, they usually have the peanut butter and jellies there. Huh. And 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 have have you, have you ever like bit into it and like realized you wanted more jelly or more peanut butter and and what? I'm I'm more of a jelly guy to be honest. Yeah. Um, wow. I like big peanut butter guy. I like the more jelly than peanut butter. I'd say. Yeah. Do you like peanut butter and jellies on a on like bread better than the uncrustables? I mean, if I can make myself my own, my own sandwich with the real bread and everything, I like that. But Uncrustables are easy, and they're fire. And they're fire. They're Have you fire. ever had the Nutella ones? I I haven't. I've heard a lot of good things. The Nutella Uncrustables are fire. <laughs> okay. Now, when you go to when you go to the game, though, everybody has their own routine. Like they get locked in right away when maybe they step on the field, when they step on the bus. Some people right when they wake up. Maybe when you put on your jersey or whatever. Like, when do you, like, really just lock in, like, you know, I got a game today. Like, what's your routine? You listen to music. Do you do a routine in the cage? Like, what do you do to get pro- prepare yourself for a game? Um, I would say just 
Um, take mass ground balls. You got to make sure your defense, if anything, is on is on point. Um, I like to keep it easy, you know, not too serious, not too, not too, you know, goofing around. I just like to keep it like as if it's any other day, like a game against LSU. It's uh, I try to keep it the same as a scrimmage against each other. Not get now, too big, not get too little. Now you just said something that kind of like. I'm 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 veering off for the interview for a second. I just want to know your thought process process on this because you just said something that kind of caught my eye uh, or my ear because I can't see you. Um, <laughs> you you said that you want to make sure that your defense is on point. Yes. In today's game, we see that that hitting always comes first. You know, strikeouts are now more acceptable at the major league level as long as guys are hitting fifty bombs. But. Yeah. But your defense is important to you. Is that something that's important to you? It's important to the program at, at, at UF? Or is it just something that you've always had? Um, I've always thought that I was more of an offensive player. Like, you know, growing up in high school, wasn't as valued as it was here. But defensive, defensively last year was one of the most important things. You know, obviously, if you hit, you don't sit. But... You know, it's a really big part to keep you in the lineup, defensively-wise. Which is probably why the first eight games when you were struggling, they thought, let's let this kid figure this out. Yeah. Now, at the end of last year, because, look, you don't have to say it. I'll say it, right? Pitching was a little bit of a problem for you guys. Um, you You... You go out early, you know, I think you lost both to Dallas Baptist, you know, which is which is not a slouch of a baseball team. They've always been known for having a really good product. Would you say that that you left the season with a sour taste in your mouth? Um, yeah, of course. You know, uh, the past five seasons we've been uh, in the College World Series going to Omaha and and not to give excuses, but we were a very young team, very talented, just, uh, you know, through and through. We had five starting freshmen in the lineup, I think. Our whole entire bullpen full of stud freshmen. And I just think experience is a big part of a lot a lot of programs. Dallas Baptist, I, juniors and seniors, like, it doesn't really matter. It's just experience. Like, none of us, none of the freshmen have played in a regional, in a, big environment like that like a winner go home so I think this year because we've all been through it uh Judd Fabian uh Kendrick Kalilau a bunch of us Jacob Young and the, literally pretty much the whole entire bullpen we all know what's like we all know what's like to play at LSU under the lights in front of 9,000 people at the box you know I feel like it's a huge stepping stone from last year and this year, I, we're all used to it. Obviously, the incoming freshmen, we have a lot of studs. And they're going to have to go through the same thing. But I'm, I'm happy that the freshmen last year got, got a really good taste of it, especially playing-wise. Absolutely. It, it, it should make for, for a very good year. And I should have clarified that. We knew that your pitching was young, so I should have clarified that. Um, and that's not taking away from their talent because, you know, I've seen most of those kids pitch. It, they're electric arms. Um, now, having said that, at the, end of, at the end of the season, which 
many people don't understand the importance of the Cape Cod League. How did the decision go down to get you to go to the Cape? Um, it was a really early decision. Um, we had a we had a good amount of kids, especially freshmen that went to the Cape, and I feel like it's. I'm not taking away from any other summer league, but I feel like, you know, the Cape is a really big deal. Um, a lot of exposure. And what people don't realize is like you meet, you meet boys for life there from every, every college. It goes from Ole Miss, LSU, Vanny to, you know, James Madison, UConn, a bunch of those schools. And they're all a bunch of studs. And you really, you really form a big bond over the course of a summer and I showed up late, not really knowing what was going to go down. You know, the competition was crazy, but I felt like they welcomed me with open arms, and I, I created bonds for life, I'd say. Now, to give people a, a perspective on the Cape Cod League, there are 383, I'm sorry, 303 current MLB players who played in the Cape Cod Baseball League. So this is probably the cream of the crop. Now, you played on, on uh, Harwick, correct? Harwich, yes. Harwich, Harwick, yeah, Harwich, <laughs> Harwich, the, the Harwich Mariners, correct? Yes. Now, you know the reputation of the, of the league. W- was, was this like a humbling experience for you? Because I, I, like, w- once you get there and you start playing, you, you look back and you realize that you've played about 65 games going into this. By the time you're done, you're, what, approaching 90 to 100 games in a year? Yeah, yeah. Um, how did you feel with that opportunity that when it came to you and that you were, you know, did you ever have to pinch yourself to realize like I play baseball at UF and now I'm in the Cape Cod league? Yeah. I mean, it's a really humbling experience going from college to the Cape because everybody there is in the same shoes you are in trying to get exposed for, you know, future opportunities beyond the amateur, amateur leagues. Um, but like, it's really not what I expected. I obviously it's creaming the crop talent, especially pitching wise with a wood bat, you know, but like everybody's everybody's in it together. There's no there's no selfish there's no selfish people there. Everybody was boys and it's honestly the exact opposite of what I expected. I thought it'd be, you know, really serious, but you know, it's obviously a serious game when you're playing with guys like that, but we all try to have a good time, you know, pregame. My coach, uh, Stevie, he was he was the man. Great coaches, terrific coaches. One of the best coaches I've ever been around, but they love to keep it cool, like to keep it calm and just go out and play your game. So take us through a day up there because you took us through a day at UF. Take us through a day of, 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 of what you're doing on a game day in the Cape. All right. I would say... Um, wake up around nine o'clock, you know, get myself something to eat, probably go to the gym. Gym was a big thing there because it was only two minutes away. Uh, we would have early hitting and then, um, you know, we'd all, we all go to Cumberland Farms. That was, that was the place to go. Cumbies. You get your snacks, you get whatever, iced tea, bang energy drinks, anything. We come back, a really relaxed uh, stretching routine, throwing. You know, it's it's honestly based on you. You do what you have to do to get ready. 
take BP, take IO, and literally 45 minutes later, we're under the lights, and it's game time. A lot of so people... Yeah. A, lot, a lot of people come to those games or no? Yes. I th- it's honestly a huge rivalry in between teams. Like, Katuit, like, Harwich Mariners, we were, we were rivals with the Chatham Anglers. That was a big thing because we were literally right next to each other. So those games had thousands of people on it. My teammate, my two teammates, Brady Smith and Ketcher Kali Lau, were on that team too. It was crazy. Which is also the team that Chris Bryant played for when he was there. Yeah. So, now, I've heard a few times in this conversation that you wake up and you eat. Um, are you a breakfast guy? I'm a huge breakfast guy. I'll eat breakfast for dinner. Yeah, first of all, there's nothing better than breakfast for dinner. Nothing. I don't, I don't care what anybody says. Well, the next time two I minutes, see you... Two minutes to make eggs. The, the next time I see you, I'm going to have to make you a bacon, egg, and cheese... <laughs> sandwich and it'll change your life that's all i'm gonna say my host parents taught me how to make breakfast i had no idea how to make eggs before that so your host parents (laughs) so so real quick so 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 they put you up with with a host family that that hosts what two like two of you yes and and they were they were really nice people i'm assuming if they taught you how to great people. people And and they taught you how to make breakfast. Yeah, they did. That and was bacon. Anything. Was, was that embarrassing for you, or was that a awesome? little bit? A little bit. When I wake up and they they ask me why why I make the same thing for breakfast every morning. It's literally a bagel with peanut butter. <laughs> and, and I and I gotta tell them I'm like, to be honest, I don't know how to make eggs. And they taught me on the spot. It was a little embarrassing, I would say. I, I'm a, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if I want to ask a follow up question to that, but I will. Um, why didn't you just try it and see what happened? Try try to make breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I never really got to that point. Well, I mean, like you know, like obviously, I don't expect you to, you know, just hop in the ring and 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 just start making you know, gourmet pancakes with chocolate <laughs> chips in it. But, like, one egg, like, if you ruined one egg, no one would have really have known. I guess you got a point there, Dean. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, but, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, but what is the breakfast, though? Is it, like, are you, like, one of those guys that has, like, 12 eggs for breakfast? Um, or is it, like, pancakes, bacon? Nah, it's a more of, like, mainly egg... Toast and I'll have a bagel. Easy stuff to make. Bacon's cleaning up is a pain. Yep. Cleaning up is a pain for bacon. I love bacon, but now are you a, like so are you a butter guy? Like, do you use butter on these sandwiches and eggs and like on your bagel? Do you like do you put butter on it or are you like I a? Put, honestly, I have the two. I have the bagel, two sides of it. One has peanut butter. One has cream cheese. I do not put it together. Everybody asks me that. But it's fire. I was not going to ask you that because I think you're a little more right in your mind to do that. (laughs) Just the thought of that made me, like, I had to, like, breathe and make sure I, like, I didn't throw up right there. (laughs) Um, Okay. So that's, just the thought of that is still making me sick. 
So I'm going to, I'm going to pivot from that. Did you, were you satisfied with, with your season in the Cape? Yes. Just like, you know, I took, I had to take a few, like four or five weeks off. I hurt my wrist in the SEC tournament against Texas A&M. So um, I had to take a little break and going to the Cape with a wood bat, not seeing live pitching. And, you know, you start off pretty slow, but I eventually earned my way into the starting lineup. I had a, brought my average from low ones to 270 in a matter of two weeks. That's, imp- that's impressive. Yeah, I mean, you're at a disadvantage. You don't see live pitching for – even if you don't see live pitching for two weeks, you're going in against guys who have been pitching yeah, for six months. There's not many freshmen. There's not many incoming sophomores. Now, do you have plans to go back there again, or is it just one of those things where you see how it goes and and everything like that? I'm I have I'm going back to Harwich next summer. That's that's awesome. I love it there. Is it a nice area? Because I've heard the Cape is absolutely beautiful. Beautiful, very suburban. You know, it's a little bit different than back in South Florida. The age difference is a little bit. Um, but the beaches are nice. I love the beaches there. You just honestly chill with your boys. Could you live there? I honestly past the age of 50. I could live there. (laughs) I'm, I'm not no knock against no knock against the Cape. It's just not something I would be looking to live, you know, in my twenties or thirties. Yeah, now I feel like you got to take a trip up there in January and see if you still have that same love for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Now, you're going into your sophomore year. We talked a little bit about your expectations with the youth and everything like that with the as as a team, right? What what are your expectations for yourself this year? Because this is a big year for you. Yeah. Um, I would just say, you know, use the experience I had last year and build on it. Like, I've been there, I've done that, I've been to all these big places, and getting bigger and stronger and faster and just getting more mature, it's just a huge part of it, trying to be a leader on the field. Um, you know, stats-wise, I haven't really I haven't really thought that far into it, you know. We're only late September right now, but I feel like trying to be the hardest work on the field and you know, just making great bonds with the team. You know, it makes everybody better. Are you a stat watcher during the season or no? Um, not necessarily. I'll 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 see my stats after after a series. That's where I'll see my stats. And is that like is that like with your coaches going over analytics and stuff like that? No, we don't necessarily go over analytics that much. It's it's mainly just a personal thing. You know, a father-son conversation of how I've done. He gives his input, I give mine, and we build on what I need to do better or what I need to fix. So so even though you've been – and this is just a bonus question. So even though you've been around some of the best coaches in the world, your, your number one go-to coach is still your dad. Yes, by far. Best friend, hero. He'll always be there for me. That's the one person I'm listening to, no matter what. You got to feel lucky. Yeah. Now, having said that, 
I'm going to throw a little rapid fire at you. All right. I'll see All if right. I'm. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. If you could have a pregame meal, what would it be? Uh, chocolate chip pancakes and scrambled eggs from Metro Diner. I was going to say, you're not making them. Um, <laughs> if you have to shit during a game, like, what's the process there? Um, I would say it's a, it's a lot of. That's a funny question. It's a lot of concentration. Honestly, during the game, the last last thing you're thinking about is, you know, is that like once the game is over, then it all comes it all comes comes through. Way too focused on the games. But if you need to, we got a bathroom in the in the locker room or the okay. dugout. So so have you ever had to like pee in between innings? Yes. Okay. Multiple um, times game. Okay. Okay. Do you drink water or Gatorade during a game? Uh, Gatorade. Do you ever drink water? During I game? sometimes do when I realize I've had too much Gatorade. Makes sense. Uh, do you fart on the field? All the time. That's the best. Have you ever, have you ever farted? You know, it stunk and you're right near an opposing player and like, didn't like, did you say something? Did you not say something? Did he say anything to you? I'll do it on purpose. I don't really care. Fantastic, especially if you're like leading off second base, shortstop in the pocket type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's a pro move. Hot dog eating contest. How many do you think you could eat in ten minutes? In ten minutes, I'd probably eat probably eight or nine. Is this is this before or after throwing up? Because if we're booting and rallying, I I could probably get twenty down. <laughs> that's impressive. But until I throw <laughs> up, probably probably five or six. Okay, how many peanut butter and jellies in 10 minutes? Probably 50. That's impressive. Yes. I would have to see that. Um, Have you ever thought about how weird it is that you hit lefty and throw righty? I mean, that's just how I was was taught. My brother was that when he was younger. My dad was – my dad played pro hockey. He was never really into baseball that much. But he's just – it Hold just on a second. Natural. Time, I, I'm going to save that for a second. Hold on a second. No, time out. I'm going to ask you now. Fuck it. Um, your your dad played pro hockey. Yes. Are you a hockey guy? I am not a hockey guy. Okay, hockey's my favorite I wish sport. I, I wish I could have been. You, yeah, we might have just gotten to a 50-minute conversation with Dean about hockey. Yeah, so hockey's but, my favorite sport. Uh, who did yeah, he play for? That. He played for the Bruins. Oh, uh, n- never mind. We're done. Um, <laughs> do you chew gum, seeds, or nothing during a game? Mm. I'm a big seeds guy. Flavor? In the Cape, I was a huge seeds guy. What flavor? Buffalo Ranch. Ugh, oh, I was just having that yesterday during my game. Or dill yeah. pickle. That's also disgusting. Um, Are you original? Uh, absolutely not. First of all, I'm, I, no, I'm, you know, I'm the Frito-Lay ranch or I'm the sweet and spicy, David. Okay. It's too much flavor. We can agree to disagree. As you get older, you'll, never mind. Did you like the, did you like the ending of Game of Thrones? I hated it. If you could name two things right now that you hated about it, what was it? Um, Arya killing the Night King. Are we talking about the season or the f- season finale? Uh, we, the, let's just call it the eighth season because it right. was like. Are you killing the Night King and Bran becoming the king? Which bothered you more? Bran becoming the king. 
it were you mad that Arya did it because it was predictable? Um, I just thought it was. John was so irrelevant in it. He was, yeah, he was fighting a dragon. It was kind of badass. But that's why I wanted to be. Arya was so irrelevant to the Night King the whole entire time. Were you disappointed that every season had one episode that would just knock people down? Were you upset that this season didn't have that? Yes. Yeah, it makes sense. They rushed it. They rushed it. It was. De- it definitely felt rushed. If it would have been me, I would have split it in the that season into two seasons, twelve episodes. What do they have? Six. Uh, eight. And eight. It's, but it, it was just, but, it was but just it, too it was, much to fit into one season. Yeah, I, I don't. You can call it eight, but we all know it really felt like three because yeah. five episodes were irrelevant. Yeah. Okay, uh, would you rather have three feet or three hands? Three hands. You heard it. You heard it here first. That's that's it for rapid fire. <laughs> Some interesting questions, Dean. Yeah, you know, I don't know where they come from. They just... They just pop yeah. in your head? Yeah, I mean, half of those questions weren't even on that. It's just like, my head is... Uh... JD once asked me if he could be in my brain for a day. And then he realized he retracted that statement and said, never mind, I don't want to be in your brain for a day. (laughs) (laughs) Corey, cannot thank you enough for coming on here. Corey Acton, number 22, University of Florida baseball player. Cannot thank you enough for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Honestly, thank you so much. We appreciate it a lot. No problem. Love being on the show. Hey, good luck this season. Hopefully we get you on uh, once you get an SEC championship under your belt and we see you in the College World Series. Yes, sir. All right, buddy. We'll be watching and we'll be cheering. Well, that was the interview with Corey Acton. Again, we thank Corey for coming on and taking the time. We really appreciate it. But time to get back into a little baseball. The Polar Bear broke the rookie record for the most home runs as a rookie, passing Aaron Judge's record that he took two years ago. With 52, um, Pete Alonzo hit 53 last night. And Dean also lost in the September predictions for that question because we just needed one guy to Palma to get that 51 in the half. Let's go. Just one more. I know. Which I was very ecstatic about. Yeah, ecstatic about when I saw that. I was like, yes, when he hit 52. I mean, I have a lot of like going back and forth with this. I like, I like the polar bears legit. Great oh, baseball player, gonna do great things in New York. I know it strikes he, I know out a ton, is. but I absolutely love his swing. Yeah, I know. I just think it's a little skewed what they're saying with the numbers. I, Dean, I, I was talking to you about this before. You know exactly what I'm about to get into, right? Uh the the guy on Twitter that's a fucking asshole. <laughs> well, I was gonna get into that in a little bit, but like, uh, <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Oh, we're gonna talk about the statistics side of it. Like, I mean, Aaron Judge is an incredible baseball player, but they're kind of saying like, I see it on MLB Network. Who's having the better season? Like. Pete Alonso's batting 250, ladies and gentlemen. Like, Aaron Judge batted 287. Like, let's is, not forget no, that. No, no, no. Let's not forget the fact that Pete Alonso plays first base. Okay. Let's like, also not I, forget that he plays extra games than Aaron Judge did his rookie season. Well, uh, uh, Judge, Judge played 155. So, you know, give or take seven games. It is what it is, or five games, whatever it is. But. I can't. I cannot have this debate for two reasons. I can have the debate, but there's two reasons why I don't want to. One is, Judge plays a skilled position. 
Okay, he is a right fielder in Major League Baseball in probably one of the most difficult places to play right field because it's really not an easy place to play it. People will say it is because it's a short porch. However, I'm willing to disagree and say that is the one reason why it is difficult because any ball that that is capable of getting out as a cheap home run, with his size, he is able to rob. So at that point, I feel like it's a more difficult position to play than it is left field in Yankee Stadium. Having said that, I think when when you look at who a person plays for, right, you you have to add in the X factor that he is a Yankee. And I'm not being biased here. I would say the same thing if he was a Red Sox or if he was a Dodger, right? The fact that you are a Met to a team that, to be honest with you, is almost irrelevant because of how mediocre you always are, that I feel like that has to be taken into consideration because Judge was coming up in a time where Jeter was almost done, right? Jeter's last year was 2016, correct? Yeah. You know, so, so like, we're getting to that point where, like, the Yankees are starving for the face of the franchise, and he came in and did that on a snap of a finger. Wasn't Jeter gone in 14? 14? 15. Yeah, it might have been 15. Maybe Pennant was gone in 15, or 14, I mean, or Mo. Mo. I would have to go back and look. I think it was. I think it was. I think it was fifteen. Jeter was done. Jeter was the last one to leave. I know that. Yeah, it might have been fourteen, but that's that's irrelevant. He they needed a face of the franchise. He came in, and not only did he give it to him, he gave it to him in a big way. Very happy for Pete Alonso. I think it's much deserved because I think he hits absolute bombs. Um, but even even said that right, like it, it's the conversation of and, and this. Can can I com- can I comment on this dick that made this comment? Yeah, you can. But before I before you do, just wanted to give props. By the way, Pete Alonzo, a University of Florida alum, played for the Gators back in the day. But go on. Yep. Um, my problem with this guy on Twitter, JT Tehran, his name is, is a Mets fan. Is he a is Mets a- fan. But 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 JD, like you know. You got to play devil's advocate. Some of this you brought on yourself a little bit. You know, I, I like what you're doing. Yeah. You, you know, so you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just, cr- keep crying. It's a Mets fan. Yeah, keep yeah. Crying. <laughs> you're just, you know, you're fueling the fire, and I fucking love it. But you know, th- this guy decides to take personal jabs, which is whatever. Like, go ahead, you can take personal jabs. Like, you have five thousand followers on Twitter, and two twenty five hundred of them are fake. You know, and and the other two thousand are probably your alternate accounts. But that that's not. You know, that's that's not here nor there. Okay. The point that I'm saying is every single person that I say, hey, come get on the podcast, their buttholes get so tight and they don't want to fucking join it to have the conversation. He's just going to say it. Like, that's my one of my pet peeves. It might be on there. Heads up. It's just when people don't have the balls to say it in front of your face on the podcast. Yeah. It's the the third guy. The one guy was like, I'm sorry, I can't think that fast. Like, okay, then the fuck am I talking to you for? You know what I mean? Like, if you can't come up with your thoughts in your mind about shit that you're knowledgeable about, then don't say it. Like, if you have to think about it and then research and then put out a tweet, like, dude, I have a problem with you. You know, my, my other problem with this guy is that that he has started a thread where he says, like, Alonzo would hit 85 or 90 bombs in Yankee Stadium. Okay, so I went ahead and fact-checked that and pulled up the spray charts of his doubles that he hit this year. Because at the end of the day, I don't need to look at his bombs because they're home runs. If they're home doubles runs, lead to home runs. 
Exactly. So I went and looked at his doubles. He may have had eight or ten that would have gotten out in Yankee Stadium. Maybe. Okay. I think I, I think I remember seeing it. Like you said, it would have been like 62 or something like that. Yeah. Which would have been freaking wicked cool. Wicked cool. Would have been would have been dope. However, like you can't sit here and say like because Yankee Stadium, like Yankee Stadium is 410, 408 feet to center field. Okay. Yeah, so relax. People talk about right field. It right. It is right field. Yeah. You know, and, and they always say, oh, Judge hits cheap homers. I've seen Judge hit four cheap home runs in my life. The rest are absolute fucking bombs into the bullpen or over the bullpen or off the glass in that restaurant in center. You know, <laughs> like, I, I just, I, I can't have the debate about Yankee Stadium because it pisses me off because, look, at the end of the day, yeah, Yankee Stadium's short, but if that's the case, then how come guys like, you know, Gardner, like, no one's talking about Gardner's 27 bombs or 26 bumps. Why? Because Gardner hits balls that are 380 feet. You know, there's not many cheap home runs in Yankee Stadium. There are cheap home runs. Like Jeter's in the in the World Series in the World Series against the Diamondbacks in 01, cheap home run. 100%. But if you look at the spray chart of Alonzo and his doubles, he would have hit 62 to 65, which is fine, impressive. However, if the balls are juiced, does it diminish this fact? I think so, yes. Yeah, but I feel like unless, you know, things just start to get completely out of hand with, like, the juiced baseballs, like, numbers start like, inflating like crazy, I think it'll be, you know, it won't be, you know, going down, you know, something like the steroid era in baseball where, you know, this huge black guy, I think, you know, is just kind of how the game adapted into it. Uh, but I'm all about it, man. I picked him up uh, after the first week in fantasy baseball and he wrote and I rode him all the way to a world series championship in fantasy. I love the polar bear and I hope he ends with the most dingers in baseball. Uh, and, 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 once, and, and once again, I'm not taking anything away from Alonzo. I think he's one of the best pure hitters in the game of baseball. Completely agree. So this has nothing to do with Pete Alonzo. I think it's great for the Mets. I think it's great for the fan base. I, you know, I have many friends that are Mets fans who I think deserve a quality product. And I think they've, you know, they're, they're going to salvage together, you know, a, an above 500 season. I think there's six games over right now, possibly seven. So, like, I, I hope for all of the Mets fans that they do put together a competitive product because they were really good. However, if the guy's going to come to me and say, you know, and this is a really important fact, okay, because, yes, he plays first base, and first base rarely – and he's going to sit here and say first base is a skilled position and first base doesn't blow games. Like, who is Bill Buckner, you fucking <laughs> jackass? Dude, I'm pretty sure Buckner – and we may have to fact check this. Stat boy, we need a stat boy is what we need. Uh, we got to check this to see – I think he's pretty close to a 300 hitter, man. Like – he goes down as, you know, that one notorious play, but I'm pretty sure he was, like, a really good hitter. Yeah, he was. Fact-checking, 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 fact-checking. Uh, <laughs> at, le at least 290. Career 289. Yeah, all right. So, pretty like, yeah, pretty damn close to 300 hitter, man. Like, that's you know, that's pretty ridiculous. That's, like, the golden, the golden number getting into the hall if you hit 300 over your career. So, I mean, that's pretty crazy. But everyone knows him, dude. Billy Buckner, you know, the one thing. Just nuts how one thing uh, can just completely define a career like that. 2,700 hits. You know what I mean? Like this wild, dude. Yeah, one all-star. You know, another two really good years, and he's got 3,000. Yeah, he had an all-star. He had one all-star appearance, and he, he won a batting title. Now, 
Damn. Now, like you said, he's known for one thing, and it's unfortunate. And and I didn't, honestly didn't even know this until I looked this up. He actually passed away in May. Yeah, he did. I know. I knew that. Yeah. So rest in peace, Bill Buckner. But look, for Mets fans, I'm not. I'm not being a dick, right? All I'm saying is, don't say you know a guy is going to hit 90 home runs in Yankee Stadium because it's a short porch. Like, I, no one told you to build this stadium deeper than Shea. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I, I, I think they even brought him in last year or two years ago. Yeah, but that's like saying if a guy from, you know, uh, he would hit 80 bombs in Colorado because of the elevation. Yeah, right. right you know what right. I mean? But, like, LeMahieu has 26 bombs this year, and people are going to say, oh, it's because he was in Yankee Stadium. His career high, I think, in Colorado was 15 or 17. Yeah, so yeah he comes he got Yan- to 20. Yeah, so he comes to Yankee Stadium and hits 20, 27, and they're like, oh, it's because he's in Yankee Stadium. Okay, but DJ LeMahieu, once again, does not hit cheap home runs. Right, right. And on top of that, if anyone – like all these people who talk this shit, if you played in Major League Baseball and you were at a visiting team and hit a cheap home run, you wouldn't come back to the dugout <laughs> and say that was a cheap home run. Yeah, that one doesn't count, boys. Yeah, like come on now. <laughs> but needless to say, 6,735 6, total home runs in Major League Baseball this year. It's wild. There'll probably be more next I'm here, year. I'm all, I'm all about it, though. I'm all here for it. Can anyone guess who led the team with the – or who led the league with the least amount? Um, probably Orioles. someone that has zero. No, oh, the team. Oh, the team. Yeah. I thought you meant a player. Orioles. No, I'm not saying that. I'm Tigers. saying the Royals. No, they have Jorge Soler. Dang, that's Tigers. really hard. The, tig- then again, then the Tigers are second yeah. to last. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, the, it's either the, it's the Orioles. I'm going to the Orioles. No, the treatment team. The no, Orioles, the, the Ori- so to give you an idea, Detroit, D- Detroit had 147. The Orioles had 213. Oh, I said Royals. I'm right. I said Royals. Yeah, it's not the Royals. <laughs> what? It's, 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 I'm it's, right. It's the Royals. <laughs> it's the Miami Marlins with 143. That's less than one home run a game. Oh, wow. There are there are four three teams that hit less than one home run a game, and less Kansas City goes yard. Wait, did the season end today or tomorrow? Today. Today, yeah. yeah. Three teams that that had less than 162. The Pirates squeaked in with 163. I was so say, I think the Buckos were pretty close to it, man. Yeah, pretty close. Nobody but, even knows who the Marlins are anymore. They're so well, irrelevant. Now to play devil's advocate, forty-two thousand. 546 strikeouts. Jesus Christ. Like just hearing that number is wild. Like I, I know it's like extrapolated with a, you know, 32 teams, 162 games, but damn. <laughs> Anyone want to play this game again? Who led the league with the most strikeouts? Oh, Polar no, 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 not player team. Oh, Oh, a team. Oh, is it the Marlins? <laughs> <laughs> it is not the Marlins. Oh, that was just uh, a guess because I feel like it. I'm going to stick with the Tigers. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. The Detroit Tigers have struck out 1,587 times this year. <laughs> wow, they suck. <laughs> they suck. Oh, my God. I know they, who gave up the most home runs, the Orioles. I know that. Like, that's the definition of sucking ass from a straw. <laughs> Moving on from that, though. 
<laughs> transition. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, Dean, do you want to go into this? Because it just makes me mad. I really don't even want to talk about it. What? The, the Herman? Uh, yeah, Domingo Herman is an asshole. He's you know? an asshole. Now, this is a it guy. It just that, makes me mad. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that, if realistically speaking, right, if you took Herman off the Yanks this season, I don't know where they would be because while the staff was struggling, he was not. You know, this is a 27-year-old yeah, kid. Yeah, I mean, this is a 27-year-old kid who went 18-4 and four this year. Yep. Okay. Yes, a little high of an ERA, slightly above four, but gets but gets suspended for the entire postseason for domestic violence. Oh, like, so I didn't see that it came out. I saw that uh, you know, he was placed on a list or whatever, but I didn't see that they already suspended him for the whole postseason. Holy shit. I, I like and once yeah. again, and he, he go ahead. Well, he might have ruined the Yankees' playoff odds completely. He he might have. Yeah, like he, there's a very well ch- like high, not even low high chance he might have ruined the Yankees' playoff odds because he wanted to be selfish and do this. I think he should never be, gonna be allowed to play baseball really again. Fall on, never uh, on the Big Maple man. Yeah, the Big Maple's got to show up. Yeah. It's gonna get he really should gonna never. Fall I hope he gets booed out of New York. I hope he gets booed out of New York. Who? And I hope he never picks up a baseball again. Domingo Herman. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Big Maple. Okay. No, I love Big Maple. He's amazing. Hated yeah. him in the beginning of the season. Now, now <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's I'm the, the most thing, biased right? people. Like he's he, he's he's being investigated for suspected domestic violence. So it's not necessarily confirmed. But once you get suspended for the postseason, like you, you pretty much know, you know, you got a problem. Okay, so needless to say, you see this in sports all the time. Some guys get passes. Some guys get suspensions. The league, every league needs to crack down on if you are a contributing factor to domestic violence, you should be blackballed. And this is my problem with Kaepernick. Just saying. Guy did nothing. Just saying. Just saying. Yeah, his shit just got taken out of proportion to what you know he intended it to be. I mean, it became more about the flag than what he was actually protesting. And as soon as that happened, dude, it was over. It was not going to go well for him. But yeah, still, I mean, but... not even close to what some of these guys have done. Oh, totally, 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 totally agree. But do you think Domingo Herman gets traded or just gets cut? Because I have a um, feeling that they're going to try to trade him to get something for him. But I, in my opinion, I think he should just get cut. If, I feel like he, I don't, I don't think he's going anywhere until the ruling comes out with what it's actually suspension. Like what they're talking about, like, are they talking about, you know, 40 games, or, you know, first time offender, or are they talking about like half a year? You know, that's a huge, huge deal. If it's, you know, 80 games. Yeah, I agree with that. If, if it comes out that, you know, he's going to be suspended for 80 games, but here's the thing. I don't know how, I don't know how it works. You know, teams pull this off all the time. I disagree with how how it works. I disagree with some, the way that some teams manage this, these situations. So I guess it's just one of those things where we see if it was my organization, I'd cut them. Go yeah. figure it the fuck out somewhere else. Yeah, but today the Texas Rangers quietly moved on from Globe Life Park, their home for a while. I think it was exactly 20 years, but 
I'm kind of disappointed that I never got the chance to go see it and see a ball game there because, you know, I obviously just want to see every ballpark and just be a neat thing to do. But, I mean, I really didn't know they were leaving this ballpark until like a month ago. I mean, and to be honest, I think their new ballpark is kind of kind of a little bit of a setback from what they have right now. Have you guys seen it? No, isn't uh, it like going to be one of like a retractable dome, kind of like uh, how? Yeah, it? yeah, it is. I mean, I, I don't know. I, mean, I like. I always liked Globe Life Park. I thought it was a nice ballpark. It looked nice. It looked neat, clean. You know, I really liked it. I don't know why they're really getting rid of it. I've seen it from the inside, but never saw a ball game there. So you know, when when you talk about being to stadiums, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that I've been there or not because I've been inside of it without a game going on. But were you on like it, a tour? I uh, yeah, this I went to see where JFK got shot, oh. and um, the 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 store was open, and they let us like in and just like let us like walk inside and see it real quick. Uh, the field's absolutely gorgeous. So wait, hold on. The field's close to where JFK got shot. Um, I believe so. Because I because I was in Dallas. Right. So right. I I don't think we you know, traveled far to, to go see it. I don't think we would have done that unless it was right, close. Because right. I was there for a, a Skins-Cowboys game. How'd they do? Uh, Jason Campbell threw a pick uh, with, like, 20 seconds left in the red zone. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, another fact. The Washington Redskins are the second-worst fucking football team <laughs> I've ever seen in my life behind the Dolphins. Behind the Dolphins. This team <laughs> sucks. Or Daniel Jones is just the truth. Start. No, no, Danny Dimes is the truth. But like, my goodness, the Redskins are brutal. And as a Redskin fan, how Jay Gruden still has a job is unfathomable. Fathomable. Un. I can't understand it. <laughs> oh my god. What did uh, let's get Dino a little start? Did Case Keenum start and then get hurt, or like I saw that he was a little banged up going into the game? Don't know if he got hurt, but uh, he sucked. <laughs> but let's get Dean a little a little excited for this upcoming NHL season. Dean, what are you <laughs> most excited Whoa. about? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's nothing better in the world than the fucking hockey season. We got the uh, Major League Baseball playoffs in hockey oh, season. Can't wait, dude. You know, Wednesday, October 2nd, we got a four-game slate. Can't wait. I'm going to watch at least two of these. You got the Senators and Maple Leafs, the battle of, of one of the battles of Canada. Um, you know, if I'm making picks, I'm taking Toronto. Uh, by, by Matthews, baby. Yeah, by a score of at least 3-1. Then you got the Caps-Blues. Can't which wait is, to see that game. Which is a fabulous hockey game, 8 p.m. on NBC Sports Network. Canucks-Oilers, once again, another... West Coast game that is like if you're like, and I'm a big guy on this like if you watch sports for jerseys like this is one of those type of games these two these two jerseys are clean but then the nightcap at 10:30 on NBC Sports Network is is the Sharks and and Vegas there's Ooh, love it like this and and look at the end of the day like I I want there's many places I want to go watch a hockey game but the Vegas atmosphere is real. Now Dude, the stadium, the stadium looks cool as shit too. Yeah, I, I mean, oh, and the Raiders stadium looks dope as shit too. By the way, yeah, they're just kind of getting into it, and and uh, and I like that town, T-Mobile for, Arena. Yeah, they're, they're, it's there's just a lot of good things happening in Vegas, 
Now, as for like the season, you know, obviously I'm a Rangers fan, but there's a lot of stuff going on in the Metro division right now that that is, you know, causing my concern that that is I don't know if it's good or bad, but you're seeing big market teams slowly start to like rise again. And you're seeing teams that 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 have been at the top for a while potentially begin their downfall. The Penguins. Yeah, the Penguins. So you can fucking say it. I know. I'm not, I'm not being a dick, but, like, the Caps have two more years at max. Uh, the Penguins, well, I give Pens, them- Dude, Pens, too. Pens will go as far as Sydney, and, I mean, you can deal with, like, uh, you know, losing Gino, whether it be through trade or retirement or what have you. Uh, but, dude, the second Sid's done, it's, it's going to fall on Gensel's shoulders, and, dude, he's a great player, but, man, he's not a Sidney Crosby. Once in a generational talent. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I, th- I think, look, at the end of the day, I think the league is more balanced. I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, yeah There's a lot. JD, I Dude, can't believe the I'm Blues when it last year was epic. Like a, a true, they were completely out of it. A true, like, you know, middle of the road team and hadn't won it in what, like 60 years or some odd shit. So like, you're exactly right. Dino. like it, it's a, the league is, there's a lot of parody in the league and I kind of like it. Yeah, it's wide open, JD. Thanks for a better league, yeah. 100%. JD, I can't believe I'm going to say it. I think the Florida Panthers are going to be really good this year. Um, yeah, they, the coaches, that makes a big difference, man. Yeah, I mean, signing, you know, Joel Quenneville, the uh, uh, old Black coach. Hawks coach. Yeah, old coach for the Blackhawks. It's just the league. The league's a lot more balanced. There's a lot of young stars. You know, Capo Caco, um, Jack Hughes. Yeah, it's just there's a lot of great talent, a lot of youth. Can't wait to start on it. Really excited. This might be the last rodeo for King Henrik. So we'll see where it goes. And uh, I, I'm, I'm going through the jersey debate. And I know that we had this conversation on a like a lot, like long time ago on pods. But I'm scared to buy a jersey. Dude, I'm kind of in the same boat. I, I, I've never bought a hockey jersey, but I think I'm going to do it this year. And I'm scared to who, who I should buy my first one. Nothing better than a Arizona. hockey, like, in, but get an authentic sweater. Oh yeah, totally. Like, yeah, you can't skip. I know it's gonna be. Aren't they like two hundred bucks or something like that? But like, you have that shit for a while. Yeah, I want to buy. Gen- I want to buy Gensel, but dude, I'm scared to buy it. Gensel's probably the one to get, but I just don't want to get one and find out that the guy's fucking getting traded in a month. <laughs> just on tilt the whole time. Uh, no, do you know? I, I, dude, I'm so excited. I can't wait to uh, watch the pens back in action and whatnot. Uh, I think Gensel. I think Gensel gets a hundred points this year. Uh, Kessel is off the power play. Off the power play, we shipped him over to Arizona. Got uh, Alex Galienchuk in the deal. Um, but dude, Ke- or, uh, Gensel put up 76 points last year without being on the power on the first power play, playing with those guys. Our second power play was trash. So like to see him with our our first unit, I think he can get 100 points this year. It'd be huge. Yeah, I, he's a, he's another young rising star in the game as well. Love it. Oh, uh, Dino. I know we texted and we were talking about, I think we're going to have individual bets this year every time the Rangers and the Penguins play, and then who finishes above in the standings between it. We're going to have some tied to that as well. Yep, say less. Ooh, boy. I think they play the first games in, like, November or some shit. So uh, we got we got some time, but we're going to make it good. Yeah, in honor of Bart Scott, can't wait. <laughs> Love it. Next. We heard the Penguins. What's your final thought, Dean? I <laughs> heard the Penguins. My final thought is is a 
is a random thought. You know, I was looking at animals the other day. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. How were you looking at animals? Like outside um, or like on Netflix? <laughs> no, well, yeah, Netflix, you know, okay. pla- there's nothing better than planet Earth. But as I was like sitting at the baseball field and my team was getting destroyed, I was just looking around, like looking at every different insect and bird that I could see and, and everything, like and every animal, like there was dogs at the field, there was birds flying around. I saw like, like I was just like amazed at how many species there really are. But then, I, but then, but then, um, you know, Alonzo hits his bomb and I, and I started researching some things about polar bears. Oh dude, it's, it's terrifying. It's devastating in here. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's sad. First of all, polar bears are the greatest animals ever. I, I would, <laughs> I would honestly like, I, I would trade everything I have to be able to move somewhere where I could have pet polar bears because you would never need to sleep with a blanket ever again. You sleep <laughs> in the middle of these two guys and you'd be fabulous. But polar bears actually don't have white skin or fur. Didn't know if you know this. They actually have two layers of clear fur that appears white to the human eye. Mm-hmm. Underneath their coat of skin or underneath their that like that initial coat of two layers that are clear, their skin is actually black. No shit. Yeah. Dang, that's pretty cool, man. That's I would have right. thought it would have been like to like them being white would have helped with like uh you know, prote- or not protection, but like, you know, cover and then you know, helping with the, the snow and whatnot. But dang, dude. Yeah, it's amazing. It's too isn't late. It? It's sometimes it's too late for these thoughts. So, wait, so a polar bear is your favorite animal? No, a monkey is. Uh, oh my God, what is this? <laughs> a bonus fact about one out of every 2,000 babies are born with a tooth. <laughs> what? Do you look up facts? Sometimes this one I just saw on Google, the polar bear one I knew for a few days, but this one I, I just like popped up on my thing with like one singular tooth. Yeah, like I don't know, dude. I feel like if a baby comes out the womb with a tooth, like they're the next person that like solves the cure of cancer or something like that. Like I feel like, you know, like all of those are like really smart people. Well, that's all for this edition. Of Hold Major on a second, Talk. JD. JD. Yeah. Um, every every baby that comes out with a tooth is definitely a folder. <laughs> For sure. You mean a crumpler? No, he's a folder. I'll tell you who's a crumpler. Fucking Pete Alonso. Goddamn Sasquatch. <laughs> Pete Alonso. Fucking crumples paper. Oh my gosh. No, he then, probably... he dro- then he goes out there and drops bombs. No, no, no. He folds. He folds. Definitely but, folder. Yeah, but that... That JT Taran guy on Twitter, he Definite fucking crumbles crumbler. his paper. Yeah, crumbles your paper. Don't fucking lie to me. You use one ply toilet toilet paper and you Dude, crumble. Uses like he so doesn't even too. he doesn't even use toilet paper probably. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all for this edition of Major League Talk. We hope you enjoyed. Make sure to follow us on social media on Twitter and Facebook at JD with Sports and Instagram at JD with Sports co. You guys got anything else? No, sir. Let's have a good week, boys. Let's do it. I'm out.